This is Carson Wentz of the Philadelphia Eagles. No, that's a fake pass to Jeffrey in for the touchdown. And you're listening to the Eagles Live podcast with Dave Spadaro. Welcome, Eagles, everywhere to the Eagles Live podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro, and we're only one week away. That's right, one week away. Let's get you caught up on everything happening with the Eagles. Head coach Doug Peterson will come by in just a little bit here as we narrow it down. The players report to the NovaCare Complex for their conditioning drills, for their initial meetings with their position coaches, with their physicals in mind. That happens on July 24th, and they all have to pass the conditioning test, which is really a series of sprints, all different series of sprints for the smaller players, the big skill players, the offensive linemen, the defensive linemen. So all of that happens on July 24th, and then July 25th, the Eagles on the practice fields here at the NovaCare Complex as 2019's Eagles training camp begins. All right, so that is the setup, and it's been a great spring, right? The Eagles coming out of the spring drills with no new injuries. Check. A franchise quarterback signed to a contract extension. Check. A really good feeling about how the new Eagles, both veterans and the rookie class, have assimilated into the system. Also a check. Good chemistry, camaraderie developed in the offseason program. Jason Kelsey crowned for the second time in three years as the winner of the competition drills. So for that, he gets a primetime parking spot, a championship belt, and the T-shirt that says, I'm the champ among the players. So some good bragging rights for Jason Kelsey. But by and large, Eagles really feeling good about the way things are lining up for this training camp. And that happens just one week from now. So make sure you're with us, PhiladelphiaEagles.com, our official app, all of our social channels. We will be on top of this training camp like no one else. And the man who runs it all, head coach Doug Peterson, in for his fourth season as the head coach here. Year number one, establishing a program, a 7-9 record. Eagles rolling at the end of the year. Would that momentum carry into 2017? Well, it sure did as the Eagles overcame a bunch of injuries and rolled on their way through the NFC. Went on to defeat the New England Patriots, of course, in Super Bowl 52, making history in Philadelphia. And then last year, the Eagles slogging along, really up and down and up and down and up and down through much of the year, late in the season, turning it on in that final month getting to the playoffs as a wild card team, defeating the Chicago Bears on the road before losing a heartbreaker to the Saints in New Orleans. So year number four is ahead for Doug Peterson as the head coach here. And when we return to the Eagles Live podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group, Doug Peterson is the guest. And we're going to take a little different tact. We're not going to ask him all about the season ahead because you've heard all of those questions and you know all of those answers. We're going to find out about Doug Peterson the man, the coach, and how it all started. Don't go anywhere. We're coming right back in just a moment. Share the tradition of Eagles football with the young fan in your life with an Eagles Kids Club membership. For just $20, members receive an amazing welcome kit, invites to special events like the Halloween party, opportunities to win Eagles prizes with monthly contests, and so much more. Visit philadelphiaeagles.com slash kidsclub.com to sign up today. 
We welcome you back to the Eagles Live podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Eagles insider Dave Spadaro. Happy to be joined by the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, Doug Peterson. Hi. How are Hi, Dave. You? I'm doing great. Thank you. Coach, so what we do on this podcast is not, look, we're not asking about injuries. We're not asking about their here and now. Thank you. Asking you about life, okay? <laughs> You've made a career of, of football. I mean, that's you, you ever sit back and say, man, that this has been really a dream. You know what? There, there are times when uh, I do sit back and, and – um, you get that downtime in the summertime or, or, you know, on the weekend and you think about, you know, your career and where you've come from and you've really have spent most of your, uh, you know, years in, in football it, 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 with some extent. And, you know, it, it, it is pretty um, – when you do get time and I get time to reflect, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty special. You know, the, the things I've been able to accomplish as a player, you know, through a through a 14-year career there and and then now as a head as a head football coach, assistant coach, a high school coach, um just uh it really puts things into perspective and and you you cherish every day you get to, you get to do this. Do you remember falling in love with the game? Like was there an I, age that you Yeah, did? you know, really it was probably the my youth, you know, mm-hmm. my dad my dad coached coached me and and uh, as as tough as he was, was you he know, hard on yeah, you? he was hard. He was hard on me. He was hard on the teams. I mean, just you know, he he saw potential and and obviously wanted the wanted the best. And um, I think I really fell in love with the sport at a, at an early age at, when I was playing youth football and and just just enjoyed just enjoyed the team, enjoyed the teammates. Uh, obviously, winning football games, you know, is is important. But um, that's to me was, and I played basketball and I played baseball, but but to me, football was really. Uh, the one team sport that I that I thoroughly enjoyed. You know that that relationship when your dad is coaching you can sometimes be a difficult relationship. What was it like for you, and how'd you handle that that tough part of it? And maybe it's helped you in your career. Well, it was it was tough. I mean, you know, I'm not going to say it wasn't. Uh, you know, he was he was a loving father, uh, obviously, and and when he was at home. But man, did he did he expect the best on the on the whatever we were playing baseball, basketball, whether it was soccer, track, whatever it was, he expected the best. And 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 I think that's what sort of has shaped my my uh, thinking a little bit, and my some of my philosophy is 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 kind of that way you know mental toughness and and um you can overcome just about anything if you put your mind to it and and he he really shaped me that way and 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 I appreciate that because I think if uh he hadn't who knows I probably wouldn't be sitting here talking with you today are, are you a tough do you think you're a tough coach I think I can I can be tough when I need to um I think I can be demanding when I need to I don't think it has to be an all the time thing uh I do think that uh, players need to understand that uh you know where my disappointment comes from um uh that they have underperformed um and, and the same thing with the coaching staff i think you got to continue to coach the coaches and and uh and and still be uh demanding of them as well but but uh at times too you got to love on players and and you got to respect uh the hard tough times that they go through uh it's not always easy but um you know i i think i think you can you can balance both Doug, as a player, 14 years, I mean, a remarkable career. Anybody would love, would, would point proudly to 14 years in the NFL. Did you, did you battle ever with the idea that you weren't playing as much as you wanted to? You know, I, I, I thought that my, my journey, my path into the National Football League, I was always in that backup, you know, backup role, backup mentality. I did have an opportunity to start, you know, here in Philadelphia and then Cleveland the next year, in, in, which was 1999 and 2000. But I never. I think I. I think I, more so accepted the role that I was in. I knew I was going to be that career backup. I never really 
you know, yeah, do you want to play and do you want to be out on the field? You do, but I think at the same time, you have to, at some point, you understand your role that you're in and how best can you help the football team win. And so for me, I never really, you know, it wasn't that disappointing factor that I wasn't playing, you know, playing games. Um, just that I was helping the team win or helping the starter prepare and then and then uh, obviously watching the outcome on game day. If you are scouting Doug Peterson, the quarterback, what did you maybe not have that kept you from being a starter? What skill maybe that you- I, I think people would say that probably arm strength was probably the probably the number one thing that kept you from being being the guy, you know, being the starter. Um, I wasn't probably the most agile, you know, fleet of foot. I could extend plays. You know, I was like a four seven five guy coming out and you know, which is not blazing fast, but it's it's decent. And yeah. um, but uh, if I had to say one one trait or one quality that probably kept me from being, you know, in that uh, elite group, would probably be the arm strength. Yeah, well, I loved you when you were here. It was, it was such a, it was a really interesting time, though. You knew that Donovan was eventually going to be the starter. Yeah, yeah. Tough crowd, Philadelphia. New head coach Andy Reid. I mean, you were put in a very very difficult situation. It was it was tough. It was tough, but it was you know it it, it was something though that I wasn't. I was not. I, I was. I was prepared for it because of the conversations I had with Andy. I think that was one of the things that that he um, did a great job with me is preparing me. He 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 told me that yeah, we're going to take a quarterback in this draft. He didn't obviously didn't know which one, but there were like five I think in that draft that were they were all you know first round worthy type guys and and um, you know so he was always up front with me and 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 really educated me on on this city and what he knew about this city and the media and and really prepared me for, for what I was about to face. As we transition, let's talk about Doug Peterson, the coach. What has been maybe the most unexpected thing about being a coach, good or bad? I, you know, I think about that question, too, quite a bit. I think the most um, thing that people don't understand about being a head football coach or at least sitting in that chair is, is what you have to deal with off the field. Um, there's so many personalities with your coaching staff, with your players, with trainers. Um, you know, these, these players have lives outside of this building and, and, and anything can come up, you know, and, and so just having to manage that and, and sort of stay on top of that and kind of be connected. This is why building relationships with players is so important because then you can understand what they're going through. If, if they're going through a tough time, you know, or, you know, someone might be faced with, um, you know, something negative in their life that, that, that you have to step in and, and kind of help. And I think that's the biggest thing is you're dealing with so many personalities that just being able to shape that and, and mold the football team that way. I mean, the football part's easy. I mean, that, that just managing the football is easy. That's what we do. You know, it's our, it's our jobs. It's our, you know, since, since I was a little league football player, that's, that's all I've known, mm-hmm. you know, but just being able to handle some of the behind the scenes things is, has been probably the most challenging. You talk about a culture with this team. How, what is the culture? How do you define what this culture is? Well, I think, uh, you know, people would define culture. I think, uh, you know, wins and losses, obviously that's the product of, uh, you know, uh, kind of the end result of your culture. I, I think culture to me is, 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 uh, you know, what the, the expectations. I, I think as a leader of your football team, in order to set a proper culture, you have to set a vision. You have to set a, a goal. And, and each year that vision or goal can, can change. But for us, it's about winning championships, and, and, and we were able to do that a couple years ago. And, and, and so and we continue to build. But, you know, if you're going to cultivate culture, it's, it's how well people are getting along in that locker room. The dynamics of, uh, of me being a former player, understanding that locker room, and then being able to 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 
you know, kind of feed off of that and, and, and read the players, you know, and, and being able to either push a little bit harder or back off, you know, and, and, and really, really let the player be, be the player. But I think from my standpoint as the leader, though, the football team is, is I have to set a vision. I have to set a goal. And, and, then, and then I have to continue to communicate that goal with the, with the team, with the organization, um, you know, not only the football side, but the business side as well. And, and then being able to carry that message throughout the organization really begins to, to, to cultivate that culture. It, I, I will offer a perspective, if I may. So all my years here, I would say your culture, what's different about your culture, Doug, is it's a very positive every single day culture. With with not only the players and the coaches and all the football people, but everybody in the building likes Doug Peterson. And I can't say that's the way it's always been in this building or any Eagles building. You know, there's so is that much important to you. There's, it is important, but but how people feel about me, I mean, that's their opinion, and I I understand that. But I think that um, there's so much negative talk around our sport it, we're, we're you know we're, we're programmed almost to fail and and, and it's at the site of failure someone's going to write about it, it's going to be negative you know it's all there's so much negative that surrounds any team any professional sports team that I mean I'm like you, you got to be kidding me how, how how can I change and 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 be a little more proactive the other way and and you know be positive be upbeat because if I'm the one that's constantly you know, beating on guys and and always pointing out the negative. Which as coaches, that's what we do. We 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 point out. You know, it's kind of our nature to point out the negative all the time. You know, and, and make corrections. But you also have to point out the positive, and and you got to point out and you got to show them what they did right. And and that goes a long way because then they start they start believing in themselves a little bit more. That okay, I've got a I've got a guy here that 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 kind of sees both both ends of the spectrum, and uh, I think that's where we begin to uh, to see the you know see the results in in wins and losses. I've got a couple of fun questions for you in a minute, but first, take me through game day, Doug. What 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 is your ritual? What do you what do you wake do you wake up and eat? Particular breakfast? Do you listen to music? How do you get fired up? What do you like before kickoff? So you know, for me, it's it's pretty pretty consistent. Uh, every game, um, you know, I, I spend. I do wake up early and and spend, you know, the first thirty minutes. Do still do my quiet time on on game days and 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 just kind of, you know, sets the tone for me. Um, you know, with my quiet time and 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 just reading my Bible and, you know, doing that and then and then. You know, uh, home game, one o'clock game. I end up going down, down into the the you know into the meal room, and, and usually get the same thing. I, I love, I love, I love having a, a, a strawberry waffle with whipped cream and, okay. and and some and some syrup, and that, that's kind of a tradition. A sugar that I, rush. You get, get a little sugar, but okay. that's uh, that's probably one of the traditions that I do, and it's the only time I do that is on on game day, the waffle um, <laughs> with with uh, you know some eggs and stuff. But then, really, just I enjoy. I enjoy the ride from the hotel to the stadium. Uh, you know, it's it's peaceful. I mean, I, I do have music playing, but it's not loud or anything. And then the closer I get to the stadium, you know, I love to just roll the windows down and just kind of smell the smells, hear the sounds, and just it's game day. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a different vibe. Showtime. And then and then, and then you start getting that kind of that nervous feeling as you as you enter the stadium and and park the car and and walk in and and uh, I, I like to get there early uh, before everybody else so that way I can kind of get in and 
and uh, you know, just uh, just enjoy just enjoy the morning as it begins to unfold, and and go out on the field and take a look at the field and see what the grass looks like, smell the grass, smell the smell the stadium, kind of you know, waking up for the day, and um, I don't know, it, it sounds quirky, but no, but cool. for me, that's that's kind of. That's kind of what I do, and, and of course, as, as we get closer to game time, it, it, the intensity wraps up even. You're even not more. a bunch of emotion. You're not all roiled up. You're not. If uh, if 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 I if I look riled up, I try not to be. It's usually internal. I try mm-hmm. to be as calm as I can, and I think too, it's important that you're calm for your players. I think they need to see they need to see confidence. You know, um, whatever's going on inside. You know, they need to see the. Uh, uh, the the strength in in in, in smiles and, and confidence that, that today's going to be a good day. Couple of questions here. We start five questions for Doug Peterson. Let's run through these quickly. If you could change one thing about the game of football, Doug, what would it be? Oh my gosh! If I could change one thing, um, I wouldn't change anything. I think it's in a good spot right now. Greatest teammate you've ever had as a player. Teammate as a player, I would say Brett Favre. Uh, he was, you know, we spent eight years in Green Bay, and, and we had a lot of the same similar similar likes. You know, we hunted, we fished, we our families hung out. So uh, he and I were, uh, were were pretty good teammates. Favorite movie of all time, and why? Favorite movie of all time. Wow, I'm, I'm a big. Uh, I love the Jason Bourne um, okay. series of movies. Uh, I, I just love the uh, sort of the. Um, it's action. Um, you know his skill set is unbelievable. You know, obviously in the movies and what he can do with, with, uh, with guns and his mind and his brain and and uh, so that's that's kind of been my my movies of all time. Number four, finish the sentence. If you really knew me, you would know blank. That I'd like to sp- I like to spend time with my family. My downtime is at home. I I don't I don't go go to places. I I just. I enjoy being at home. I enjoy sitting out back and waking up in the morning and sitting on the back patio and just watching, drinking coffee and watching the sun come up. I just, I enjoy doing that. Number five, if you had to pick a career outside of football, what would it be? I think, I think for me, I would be, it, it would be a, the, the service end of, of, of jobs. It'd be, I'd, I'd love to serve. I love to to help, I think. I think for me, I, I have a hard time sitting behind a, a, a desk. Um, I, w- I would love to be in a in a in a in a situation where where I could help and maybe be outside and enjoy the outdoors. I I think for me, I mean, if I could be one of these like uh, you know like uh, a Trent Cole, you know, like uh, these outdoor hunting and fishing shows and and, and, <laughs> and doing all that, I think that would be stuck in a blind be, for eight hours. That would be fantastic. Be, that no, that is fantastic because that is that is uh, you know heaven on earth right there. Doug, how well do you know your backup quarterbacks in NFL history? I've got five of them for you. You ready? I'll give him a shot. Here we go. This backup quarterback who also started in his career, he won three Super Bowls, one NFL championship, and played 21 seasons total in the NFL. His name? Old timer, of course. Yeah, this is going way back. You don't know. Don't know. Earl Morrill. Okay. Dolphins. Yep. And Colts. This backup Colts. quarterback once had a job bagging groceries and then took Kurt over. Kurt Warner. Okay. When Phil Simms broke his foot in the 1990 season. Jeff Hostetler. The starting quarterback for Baltimore in 2000 was Tony Banks. Midway through the season, Banks was struggling, and the Ravens turned to this quarterback, who then went on to lead the Ravens to a Super Bowl victory. Trent Dilfer. Is his name? And then number five, this quarterback threw 27 touchdowns and two interceptions in the 2013 season, was traded away the next year. Nick Foles. 
Well done, Doug Peterson. Four out of five. Four out of five. Doug Peterson, we thank you so much for joining us here on the Eagles Live Podcast. Love you. Have a great season. Thanks, Dave. Really appreciate it. And that will do it for this Eagles Live Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Thanks to Doug Peterson for his time. Very interesting stories from the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, who obviously is more than a head coach. I loved the self-scout of Doug Peterson, the football player, 13 years in the NFL. All right, so that'll do it. Peter Kelly, thanks so much for putting it all together. Thanks to all of you for joining in each and every week. Next week, we begin with our first training camp edition of this podcast. So make sure you're with us next Thursday as the Eagles are at the Novacare Complex and everything starts the right way. Thanks, everyone, for joining in. Have yourselves a great Eagles day. This is Eagles insider Dave Spadaro saying, fly, Eagles, fly.